Oscar Poker. Did you uh, fix your site? Yes, I did. Thank you for telling me. Okay. Was it just like some kind of weird tag or? It was because of a, an embed code that had been provided uh, on IndieWire's site to a Spielberg chat that happened last, uh, you know, weekend with Mark Harris. Mm-hmm. And they, um, it's funny. Sometimes embed codes, even though you have the div tags uh, all done properly, it just goes it sometimes can throw you off. I, I just didn't check it right away, but thanks for telling me. Sure, no problem. Yeah. So you want to, now that the, the all of our um, excitement yeah. has, has blown out of the room, yeah. <laughs> we could talk about the nominations this morning for yeah. the Independent Spirit Awards and also the, uh, the, the winners of the New York Film Critics. Are we recording as we yes, speak? Yes, we are recording right now. Okay, well, I don't have the list directly in front of me, but uh, I can get them in a second. But oh, I, yeah, but I haven't. My, my first uh, reaction um, was a mixture of, of, to the New York film critics, I should say, was a mixture of delight as far as uh, uh, Moneyball and Brad Pitt um, uh, getting Best Actor and uh, Sorkin and Zalian getting a Screenplay Award. Yeah. And I thought it was well, uh, honestly and fairly chosen for Mer- Meryl Streep. Uh, but I was appalled that um, the artist won Best Picture <laughs> because it's my um, uh, compassionate and supportive view of that film, which is I think everybody that cares about movies, I've said this over and over and over, should see. It is not a Best Picture, uh, um, um, c- credible Best Picture uh, contender because... And I, I really am asking anybody to point out differently. It is really about, and as I wrote, it possesses and radiates nothing that is truly its own. It's all about reflecting and recalling and uh, nostalgic recreation of things that have already happened, including storylines. Mm-hmm. And that's really uh, not nearly enough. And I thought it was uh, astounding that they would uh, give, the New York film critics would give this thing. I mean, it's all very, very good to see this film, support it, have Harvey um, make a profit and everybody be happy. That's great. Yeah. The best picture? Man. Well. That was the shocker. Plus, I mean, and I, I, I guess I should have figured it when uh, Michelle Hasnavicius uh, won for best director, but I thought that was a token thing they were throwing at them because they, they had to come up with a compromise, but they were really going to give it to Tree of Life, which I would have, you know, respected. Right. I would have respected... Um, Jesus, I mean, this is almost like giving the help uh, of the Best Picture Oscar. Oh, almost. no, come on. 
Well, it, it isn't too far off. It's a popular film that really doesn't have the, the, the you know, the chops or the cred to, to be a Best Picture winner. So. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I don't know about Best Picture winner at the Oscars. I'm not even going to talk about it. I'll talk about that in a minute because I just did, I did some research on it. Okay. But before I get to that, I just want to say that I think that he is amazing. Um, Michelle has an avicious that he's such an auteur that he conceived this whole thing and and brought it to life. I think it's amazing, and I nothing I can do is going to be able to take that away. I mean, I I want other movies to win also, but I can appreciate that. The reason I don't want it to win is because it won't win because it's a great film. It'll win because it's safe and comfortable and delightful, you know. And that's okay if that's what people want. It's just that in two thousand eleven. I mean, it's sort of like a replay of last year. And that's what I think is funny about this is that it's it's the reverse of what happened last year because last year, Social Network won all the Critics Awards and King's Speech won Picture. Well, this year, it looks like the artist is going to take all the Critics Awards and it probably won't win Best Picture at the Oscars, you know? So it's like the opposite scenario, which I think is funny. Now, Harvey Weinstein and the Weinstein Co. are going to find themselves in the other seat because he, remember, he ridiculed Scott Rudin last year for... Um, Social Network winning the Critics Awards, he says, oh, yeah, you can have those awards. We'll take the big one. I don't think it's it has enough gravitas or weight to win the Oscar for Best Picture. I don't think that's going to happen. I think another film will win Best Picture. Um, okay. I don't know if it will or not. I can't say. Dave Carker, you know, and this year I lost all, I have lost credibility because I told everybody last year that King's Speech wasn't strong enough to win. And it won. So there's nothing I'm going to be able to say to people to convince them. Yes, there is, because it wasn't strong enough to win. It but won. it did. It won. The chops. You know, it was, it was a very good film that was entirely pleasant and pleasing to most of us, myself included. And it shouldn't have won, but it did. So Right, but it, it did win. And that's the thing is, like, people like Dave Carger and Ann Thompson and Pete Hammond and those guys were all saying the King's Speech will win. So they're the ones people are going to be looking to this year, and they're all saying the artist. Why do you give such credence to people? I'm not giving credence. What, I'm saying the, the what... Academy people, that's not the... I'm the, saying how people are going to be viewing this race right now until the day... It, and, and this is what happened to me with The Departed, too, by the way. Because yeah. when The Departed won... I felt like I was the only person in the world that knew it was going to win. And I was just quiet about it. I sat on my hands. I waited it out mm -hmm. because I knew that if people started talking about it as best picture, it would never win. But I knew it could win because I knew it was the best film in the race and easily the best film. But everybody else thought, no way can that win. So I just kind of watched things go down. And that's sort of how I feel this year. Like I'm just sort of sitting back and I'm watching. I know in my mind what movies I think can actually win. Yeah. And But I'm just going to kind of play it low, keep quiet about it. I'm not going to do what I did last year. I'm not going to make any declarative statements. I'm just going to be quiet and let other people tell the story this year. Like, and they can try. I don't think that I looked back on the New York film critics over the years. And since 1980, only three films have won picture director at the New York film critics and then went on to win picture uh -huh. director at the Oscars. And those films were the hurt locker, no country for old men and silence of the lambs. Okay. So they're very heavy, very serious movies. A lot of films have won being, you know, flights of fancy and critics' I say, darlings. I say again, as I have said many, many times, that the Oscars are the last, uh, the last crescendo, the finale of the of award season, and it certainly is 
uh, a high point to go out on, but it is not the end-all and be-all of award season. Award season is a series of events and a series of openings, a series of wars between admirers and detractors. It's, it's this wonderful drama that goes on for a long time, six mm-hmm. months. And just to say it's all about the Oscars, the Oscars, the Oscars, the Oscars, is diminishes the wonder and the, and the pleasure of this drama. Well, I don't think that the drama is so wonderful and pleasurable, but, and I don't yeah, think the Oscars fun. are so great. The Oscars always feel like an anticlimax when it happens. It always feels like, ugh, really, that's it? But, um, but I agree with you, and I like your way of thinking because I like that people think of it as a process instead of... And I like that last year it's, it's possible to think that there were two pic- Best Picture winners. There was the Oscar Industries Best Picture and the critics. You know, they chose a social network unanimously. And so I look at it like that. Like there were two films that people said were the best films of the year, and they were, and they were divided, uh-huh. um, completely unprecedented. You know, division between the ranks that that happened last year. We're not going to see that this year. You're going to see a lot more um, competition. It's this is going to be a much more exciting race than we've seen in a, in a while because you don't have a front runner. The best you have is the artist, and the artist, as wonderful as it is. Um, it doesn't even have as much gr- like I don't know if you read Steve Pond's article. I wish I could find it. See if I can find about it about this morning's uh, um, awards thing or, or yeah, what? yeah. No, he just wrote a thing about the Oscars and he said, he said um, the artist makes. Oh no, no, he was talking about Warhorse. He said Warhorse is so old fashioned that it makes um, the King's speech look daring and provocative. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so he was talking about the artist, but he's I mean um, Warhorse, but he's so- slowly coming around to. The artist, he says, but he's saying it as it's the de facto front runner. Well, that's the worst place that movie can be in. That movie needs to surprise from behind and come in at the last minute and win. It's not heavy enough and serious enough to go the distance and win it's everything. It's not serious really at all, Sasha, because, again, it doesn't really come from its have its own heart and its own narrative its own soul. You have to yeah. address this. You keep not addressing it by no, saying... No, I'm addressing it. I, 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 well, I don't agree with you on that. I think that what I think is that, it's, I've, as I've told you a million times, it's all about expectations. Yeah. If, you, if it keeps winning awards and people have these high expectations, they're going to be disappointed. If they go in not knowing anything about it, totally cold off the street, they're going to be surprised, as you were the first time you saw it, and I was. I, I, was, I was very pleased with it, yes. That's all I'm saying. And yeah. I'm, I'm not going into... I'm not going to trash it as a movie because I think it's. I still think it's one of the best films of the year. I didn't. But again, you you don't. I'm not saying you have to trash it, but you can't deny. It's obvious that it is not uh, uh, using uh, any story, any any way of coming at characters, any any kind of you know eternal story about people in struggle or people looking to fall in love. It's got nothing that it created on its own it is all about borrowed or replicated elements right and that's what's great about it that's like criticizing andy warhol's soup can painting i mean yeah oh, you think it's an andy warhol thing i, I absolutely do he's he's nudging at us and winking at us the whole time well it's certainly not rich enough to i mean there's something uh, kind of flip and ironic about soup cans but i do not feel that it that it just stays with you, and it really just thins out sh- almost shockingly when you see it the second time. It's like yeah, that. Oh. I will agree with you on, yeah, for sure. And I'm I'm somebody who likes to watch movies over and over and over and over again and study them. And I've seen Moneyball three times. I'm yeah. still not done with that movie. I could see it a couple more times easily. Yeah, 
And yeah. um, but there aren't. I have to say, there aren't a lot of movies I've seen this year. As we talked about before, it's kind of a weak year. There aren't a lot I've seen that I would want to go back and, and revisit. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a Departed. There's not a No Country for Old Men. There's not a Hurt Locker in this group. Yeah. So yeah. you know, the closest I can come to right now is Moneyball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but the community seems to have decided that's uh, uh, that's that's for Pitt and maybe for the screenplay. That's right. That's... So fine, let them. That's why I'm saying I'm not going to fight them. I'm just going to let them tell their story. They want to say it's the artist. Okay, fine, it's the artist. Um, or the Descendants. It's, they're saying it's one of those two movies, but they're not seeing Moneyball coming. Mm-hmm. And all it needs, it's got Jeff. I know where it's just me, you, and twenty thousand listeners. <laughs> <laughs> But here's what Moneyball has that no other Oscar movie has. It has an Oscar story. Yeah. Harvey Weinstein's trying to paint the artist as having an Oscar story, but it really doesn't. It's just um, funny guy wants to make movie, makes movie. Moneyball yeah. is like has, you know, changed hands many times, barely got made. As Brad Pitt said, it was they were up late at night trying it. It almost didn't happen. All these different writers. It's a story about scrappy players and losers and it made by people who just barely pulled the thing together it's like held together by a safety pin and yeah. other people will say oh no it's a sony it's a big blockbuster movie but no if you're in the oscar race you're in it because you have an oscar story social network didn't have one last year but moneyball does yeah so and it's the only one that does um um the descendants has a little bit of one and that alexander payne's never won and he also um yeah he also went five years or whatever it was without he had back surgery and he had a divorce in the meantime, and he's grown as a filmmaker. So that right there is an Oscar story. But the artist doesn't have one. Mm-hmm. Warhorse certainly doesn't have one. It's like, here's Steven Spielberg. Here's the golden key to the crapper. Do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. <laughs> that's so that's, that's my funny. theory anyway, from just me, between you and me and the walls and our yeah. listeners, is that's why I have Moneyball in my, in my, yeah. behind my... And, and, and I was really happy to see that it won screenplay and actor because I, yeah. I do think that if it succeeds it will be on Pitt his popularity his charm his being overdue more yeah. so than it is about Bennett Miller it's more about Pitt well you, you can't really uh, say Brad Pitt has been uh, pushing and trying to get uh, award recognition or play that game he's, he's making films like like Troy and, 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 and other you know films that are uh, oh. I'm no, not saying he's he makes trash, but he hasn't exactly been in the realm of money of a money ball type film before, really. I mean, no, well, he's a certain... he's a gorgeous, charismatic, yeah. pretty monkey. I mean, he's just yeah. insane. You saw him in that room the yeah. other day. How people glommed onto him at the end. That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But <laughs> so well, he, all the women came up and said <laughs> they pressed themselves against him. They swarmed him like a sugar cube on an anthill. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, um, yeah. it didn't really matter because uh, the thing is, is that he's done movies like um, he's he's tried to help little struggling movies like he did Snatch and he did um, yeah. uh, Jesse James. And, you know, he, he even, you know, and he did Benjamin Button, which I know is a big, big blockbuster movie. But he's tried to stretch himself. He's yeah. tried to, to do different. No, things. I'm not saying he hasn't been, uh, you know, giving it a shot. But you said overdue or, or not. He's or... way overdue, way yeah. overdue. Plus, he's he's good in Moneyball. The bottom line is he's great in that part. Yeah. Yes. And uh. it's not, I just don't see him as overdue. I see him as having come into this, this really nice, sweet area that good looking guys 
who are always presumed to be uh, have a kind of an aura of entitlement because they've been good looking all their life. And but once they get some lines and some creases in their face, mm. it's great. You know, that's that's when they really hit their yeah. stride. Yeah. I think. You know. So. Yeah, and Oscar is traditionally anti pretty boys. They don't like them, but they like them when they do something like make a movie. They like them when they direct. That's why they awarded Warren Beatty director, Robert Redford, Kevin yeah. Costner. Uh-huh. And um, he, yeah. Pitt isn't a director here, but he's a producer and he brought yeah. Moneyball to, 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 I mean, without him, it never would have gotten made. Yeah. A very tenacious producer who dusted himself off and got back up on his feet after the uh, Soderbergh collapse when they, when they, uh, you know, he got, he got it rolling and got Bennett Miller on and the whole thing. So. I know. And, and and you can say all you want that, oh, no big deal. I mean, you can poo-poo that. But I'm just telling you that when you have an Oscar story, you have a lot more than when you don't. Yeah. And you yeah. can have every fucking thing going for you, as last yeah. year's social network did. It didn't have an Oscar story. If it did, if, like, the guy was, the writer of it was dying of cancer or whatever. I mean, the, the King's Speech had it all, man. It had mm-hmm. 87-year-old screenwriter, whatever he was, first-time screenwriter, um, stutterer. Holocaust guy, like survivor or whatever. His parents were Holocaust survivors or something. It had the UK Film Council struggling to stay afloat with this movie. Yeah. Um, it had all those things. And so that was great. You know, those guys, they just have to show up and start. That David Seidler, all he had to do was get Academy members in front of him and talk, and he was they were guaranteed to win. Right, right. So it's unfortunate that it has to work that way, but that's how it works. It's a stupid game. And it has very little to do with what's best. It has to do with what people want to vote for when they're sitting there privately with their ballot. That's uh-huh. all it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a great Oscar backstory or, or something. But it's, you know, when you say story, one implies that there's something about the narrative of the film itself that is Oscar. What you mean is the story of the making of it, the elements right. that went into the into it, the, uh, the drama of how it came together. That's... Yeah, so people can get involved. Like with Slumdog Millionaire, it was, the Oscar story right. was, this movie almost went to DVD. Yeah, that's um, right. And, you know, some movies don't need it. Martin Scorsese, he's never won an Oscar. Catherine Bigelow, first woman to win an Oscar. Coen Brothers, are they finally going to win? You know, yeah. that, right. that, that's, all, that's all the Oscar stories wrapped in one, you know. And when you don't have one, when you have, this is just the easiest thing ever, it's harder to sell the movie for votes. Because people right. are essentially good. They want to do a good deed when they vote. So either they're going to vote for a character that they believe in and that they feel sorry for, um, yes. or they're going to try to do something to make a difference, which is give the first black screenwriter an Oscar. You know, give the first black woman an Oscar, the first black yeah. actor an Oscar the same year, you know. Right. They want to make a difference. They want to change things. That's the psychology of Oscar that a lot of people don't understand. Here I am talking about it as if I know when everybody's going to say, well, you thought Social Network was going to win. I didn't think Social Network was going to win. I wanted it to win. There's a difference. Yeah, you'd have yeah. to be a total idiot to think that the King's Speech was going to lose. So, um, but, <laughs> but I dreamt that it might lose. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, a couple of things. The first thing is, do you want to talk about Spirit Awards, Tyrannosaur, and Dragon Tattoo? Because some of those reactions have been posted now on Variety. I don't know if you saw that. Well, I certainly saw the Spirit. The the surprise with the Spirit Awards is, um, well, one of the surprises is no Clooney for Best Actor, maybe because people see it, saw it, the people that put these nominations together. Is this a 
By the way, is this a, uh, uh, how, how does this done? This is the, the membership, right? Um, having ballot, thrown in ballots of the, of uh, a fine, isn't that what it is? The fine mm-hmm. membership? I guess so. Because the final decisions are made by uh, a committee, correct? I believe. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I have to say, I have to just okay. come clean and say I never researched it. All right. So, uh, John C. Riley, Cedar Rapids. What's wrong with these people? <laughs> Well, he was actually, wait a minute, I thought that was a really good performance. I know, I but come on, it. he beat Kevin Spacey for Margin Call? That's just ridiculous. Anyway. Um, he was very jocular, very jovial, a lot of fun. He had, it was a big personality um, uh, kind of part that maybe, oh, you know, Red Skelton would have played back in the 1950s or something. It's one of those, you yeah. know, lovable, lunk. Uh, they just like but, him. They like him. They like having yeah. him at their party. Yeah. Um, the, uh, but John Hawks for Martha, Mar- Marcy, May, Marlene, um, I, you know, I don't, I'm not really big on that movie. I'm glad Margin Call beat it at the New York Film Critics, but I think John Hawks definitely deserves a supporting nod for that. I thought he was great. It's not great for him to pay, play the 17th creepy no, I know. backwards guy that isn't playing. Right. I, mean, uh, you I know. know. I get them even mixed up when I try to imagine the differences between them. He also in, he played the creepy Christian guy in um, uh, Higher Ground. He's always playing these guys. Why? I thought it was a, a wonderful thing to see him as a just a sensible, decent, modest dad trying to watch out for his son in um, in the uh, uh, Contagion. And uh, I thought, my yeah. goodness, he's not playing a creep this time. I know that he's not played non-creep, but his ma- basic thing is that he plays too many. Uh, rural creeps. So. Yeah. Well, and then um, Adip Pero Adoye or whatever from Pariah, that's a cool nomination. That's very yeah. outside the box. Um, right. And then, of course, Michael Shannon takes shelter, who's so brilliant, and Woody Harrelson, Rampart, Ryan Gosling. I mean, the and then Demian Bashir for A Better Life. What a surprise, you know? That's wonderful. And so the best actor race right now here is what all my readers would just love for it to be the Oscar leading actor like they don't want to see a Clooney and a Pitt and all those guys they like they like the you know Michael Chen. oh I'm sorry Sasha it's, um, can you just give, give me a second it's, I think it's some guy about selling my phone hang on okay I'm sorry Sasha it's okay um, okay so, so Damien Bashir to get back to the Spirit Awards he has been become one of the best uh, actor nominees and that's that's great for him that's wonderful yeah it's I good. think it's fabulous too I'm so glad they recognized him it's wonderful and not George Clooney. Now, why did George not make it? Because he's seen think, as too Hollywood, too yeah, up now. That's what I think, don't you? Yeah, that's what I assume. Yeah. They, they figure he doesn't need it. Why not give it to these other actors, you know? Yeah, Which right. is smart. Yeah. You know, it's smart of them to do that. George Clooney certainly doesn't need it. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, are you saying you think it might mean that The Descendants is sort of, uh, you know, dying a little bit? Is that what you think? No, no, I mean, as a result of what happened this morning with the New York film critics and with the... Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I you know, um, everybody had said to me, everybody, like four or five people, or back in the literature, four or five people were presuming that this morning's New York film critics vote would be a probably a Descendants win or maybe, you know, Tree of Life. But, but you know, I don't, I don't think so. It just happens to be the, you know, the one, the one thing that's happening... Uh, of note, and you know, we have other uh, obviously Lafka and and uh, and uh, and the highly regarded uh, uh, 
on a national border view yet to come. So you know. <laughs> I think Descendants is going to do just fine. I think it's going to win a lot of awards. I bet you it even wins the broadcast film critics for best picture. Yeah, that's quite, uh, quite conceivable. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. it's not over till it's over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um, all right. So uh, tell me about how you finally got to see Tyrannosaur. What was the uh, thing? Well, uh, we, my friend and I were going to go see um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, but their, the screening was too crowded, and they asked if we could cancel our plans and go to a Thursday screening of it instead. Uh-huh. And um, so uh, we still wanted to go see a movie, so Tyrannosaur was playing at the Sunset Five at 4 o'clock, so we just figured, uh-huh. okay, we'll go see it there. I really want to see it, and this is the perfect time. And mm-hmm. So, um, and there were, you know, there were like three other people in the theater. But even on the opening weekend, it made something like $1,700. I know. I asked the guy at the, um, at the, <laughs> so sad, <laughs> at the ticket booth. I said, are a lot of people coming to see Tyrannosaur? He's like, nope. <laughs> nope. Well, I mean, you know, people come out to see movies mainly for sex or violence or a kid movie, you know, and like if they had a hottie young actress in, in Olivia Coleman's role showing her tits, you know, they're going to have people coming to see it, but otherwise it's going to be a hard sell. And people, the word on the street was that it was bleak and depressing and, and it is of course bleak and depressing in a way, but it's also, um, very cleverly written screenplay. It's not what I thought, which was, it was just going to be about this abused woman who gets revenge on her husband. It's not, it's really, I think, um, a meditation on religion and on Christianity specifically and on forgiveness and revenge. Um, it disturbs you too much while you're watching it for it not to be that. Mm-hmm. He had to deliberately be trying to toy with you as a viewer because you don't see the people killed that you want to see killed and you do see the things killed that you don't want to see killed. You know. Wait, say that again. You don't want to see people that you do see killed? You you. The people that you want to see get beaten yes. up and killed, you yes. don't see. Either it's off screen or, or yeah. uh, they, they live at the end. And the well, victims, the people that it's not their fault, they're the ones who die. The, the dogs and the, and the kid. I mean, the kid doesn't die, but you know what I mean. The, the, I'm sorry, spoilers. <laughs> Nobody's going to see this movie, so what are we worried about spoilers? The kid across the street is terrorized by... I presume that's his... Father or... Uh, no, it's boyfriend? his mom's sleazy, disgusting boyfriend. Oh, yeah, right. right. But all you want to see is the guy to pummel him to death. You want to yeah. see him do some major damage to that guy. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't because he's trying to live a different life. He's trying to operate from where his wife, position right. his wife operated from, which was forgiveness, yeah. which is where Olivia Coleman's trying to operate from. She wears a cross around her neck. She's got Jesus in her thing, in mm-hmm. her shop behind her. And she has to forsake Jesus and turn the other cheek. That's the yeah. whole thing about the movie. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's interesting. I, I suspect it would be more interesting for people who were religious than it is for someone like me who's an atheist. But nonetheless, I... Uh, All people who are uh, the, the dependence upon uh, Jesus or a dependence upon vodka is very closely linked. It's either one or the other for some people. Yeah. And I thought it was fascinating that while she was clearly a generous, good-hearted, kind, compassionate woman who really did uh, want to try and help, for instance, Peter Mullen's ailing father and was good enough to go over and say a prayer for him and uh, had a, obviously a, 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 a 
clean, good heart. She also just couldn't take it, and it, Jesus wasn't enough. She had to have the vodka. Exactly. Uh, you know. Yeah, Jesus, and then eventually um, turning away from God yeah. to take... And, and I like that. I like that yeah. about it. But I tell you something. Mm-hmm. You won't find two better performances than Peter Mullen and Olivia Colman this year. Yeah. Yeah. You really won't. I don't know. They're probably not going to get any Oscar attention because the second he does what he does in the first five minutes of that movie, he's lost it. He's lost everybody. Any viewer that puts that screener on is not going to keep watching. Well, that's a, for, the, for Patty Considine's uh, uh, credit, it's just one quick second, a little sound of a yelp. But it's the sweetest looking dog you've ever seen. And it's also, but he can, he's clearly, he's yeah. devastated I mean, by sure. what happened. And he carries him all the way home for... I know, and again, can't, hard to watch. Even by the end, even though he's remorseful and he's so horrified and he tries to get himself on track, you still don't forgive him. And I love the scene where he don't says... Don't forgive him for the first dog thing? Yeah. Oh. That's why it's so great, because he's testing us. Yeah. He's testing us. Can we forgive? Can we turn the other cheek? Can we love this man who's just done this horrible thing? Yeah. And the answer for me is no. I oh, can't forgive on. him. I mean, you, know, you have to. Kicking like, a dog like, in his ribs, a sweet, beautiful dog like that? No, I can't. I'm sorry. He doesn't get any punishment for it, except his own misery. All alcohol people do horrible things. All alcohol. Well, that, to me, is, I draw the line at an animal of children abuse. I draw the line, you know? You do that shit, forget it. You have to be punished, significantly punished. That's why it bothered me at the end that... He was in, in horrible shape and being punished by himself and... And the, and the heavens uh, in the first part, he, he flies into But I don't feel sorry for him because I my sympathies with the dog. I mean, I can that's grow... That's so t- simplistic. I mean, it's sorry, just a, but that's the way it is. I, I can grow to appreciate him and to feel some pity for him. You didn't even see the movie for weeks and weeks because you didn't want to deal with any good dogs getting hurt. I know, know but that, even that's... on just a purely narrative level, if he'd killed a baby, for instance, kicked a baby in the ribs and killed the baby... That would be unequivocal. You would never forgive him for that. No, I, that would be uh, ghastly. Okay, yep. so to yeah. me, it's just as ghastly to kill a dog. Just as ghastly. I'm that's, sorry. I know a lot of people will that's, disagree that's with me, but it's an innocent, sweet, loyal friend. Think you know, you're you're a sophisticated woman who's been <laughs> living and 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 writing like a like a champ, and you're you know you're you have all this distinction, and then suddenly you sound like a park woman. Well, oh, I, I don't mean to. I'm I'm just telling you, I do feel that way about animals, and and I think that they're helpless victims, and I. I think that Patty Considine is testing us, and that my test is I would not forgive him, and, but I'm not a Christian. So your test might be you do forgive him, but don't you think that tells a lot about who we are as people? No, my test is that he is in agony all the way anyway, and that's just an unfortunate... He feels remorse. Tragic, heartbreaking <clears throat> manifestation of that agony. The man can't even breathe. He's so miserable. I loved it that way. I loved that he created this abuser and the pattern of an abuser is they hate themselves afterwards and they're full of remorse. But guess what? Like I was, I dated an abuser for many years and I know I was, I know what it's like. He reminded me of my ex-boyfriend, that guy. I know what it's like to, yeah, I know what it's like to be with someone like that who can't control their temper, who once they come down off of that horrible, horrible rage that they, they're so sorry and they feel so bad and they're depressed for days, but it's still all about them and their grief, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I loved about this movie. I loved how right he was, you know, he never sold out those characters. They were true to themselves. You know, at the end where he says near the end where he says, I'm a monster to her. And she says, I think you're a kind man. And she kisses him. Well, 
in a funny way, Patty Considine is saying she's going in for more of what she's already been in. Because I don't believe that at the end when he shows up with his suit at the prison and and looks at her with that expression. I don't think he's the monster who's going to be No, beat not by then. Not by then, but but early on when she's first drawn to him. He's totally mean to her in her shop. He comes and apologizes. She still forgives him. I just thought he was Patty Considine was right about the kind of women that go for abusers and he was right about the way abusers are and that he's saying um there are varying degrees of monster. There's the gross husband guy who has no, who tries to have remorse but is never going to be reformed, and there's the other guy, Peter Mullen, who is trying to to reform, you know, but they're the same, cut from the same cloth. They're the same type of person. It's just one has will, free will to change, and the other one doesn't. I don't know. It was just interesting. I, I thought that he gave us a lot of stuff to chew on and to think about. Type, yeah, type, okay. type, 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 type. You're typing and it's on the recording, you know. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to do that. Sorry. <laughs> So just these iPhone guys keep calling. I'm not I'm not I I don't think about it. I'm just telling them hmm. sorry, I've got a buyer. So. No, it's okay. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you got a buyer. But and I thought she was so amazing, Olivia Coleman. And I also think that they sh- never should have pushed her for lead. This is a supporting performance and she can get in on a supporting performance. She could. Yeah, if I they I get don't... their ducks in a row and do it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they don't get... they're not really trying to do anything because they're strained and they you know, there wouldn't be if they would have been up to them entirely, there wouldn't be as much. I think. I think that uh, external uh, support uh, helped this uh, film a little bit. So you know. Yeah, I think would, so uh, too. I mean, I think a lot of the reason people are even seeing it is because of you. Well, that's a good feeling. I'm glad that, that maybe some people yeah. were going to see it. But I'll tell you what. Based on my own efforts, as I said, those screenings that I paid yeah. for with serious money. Hardly anybody came. I know. Well, I think in time... people all together. <laughs> seriously, when times are tough, people don't want to go see depressing movies. They want to see the artist, you know, and <laughs> movies that affirm and, and make your life better, you know. Yeah. It's, it's not... It's, this is a hard sit. Yes. Tyrannosaur is a hard sit. But, you know, and for me, in the end, it was worth seeing because it gave me so much to think about, you know, and I'm really impressed with him with Patty Considine as a writer and as a director. I thought he did a really great job. And it's too bad that Peter Mullen isn't in the talk for Best Actor because, God, that's a fucking great performance. Mm-hmm. That end shot of him. What, when he's... Uh, in the chair? Oh, my God. In, in the prison waiting room, you mean? No, with the dog and the chair. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's not the end shot. There's still oh, some yeah. stuff to go, but that shot, jeez. Amazing. Was, that was a that was a great one with that guy freaking out and screaming at him. But what was keeping them them from coming to blows at that point? I didn't understand that part. But that was I just let it go. You know? uh, I mean, I know, and it gave me a lot to think about. And I was always think, trying to wonder why didn't he do that? Well, I think I think funnily enough, I think that what he liked about her was that he saw her as this Christian woman who would forgive anything. And when he discovered that she's not that, that she okay. will take revenge, which she should have done, and thank God she did. Um. You know, he his mind changed about her, and I, I think he was fighting with that. He didn't want to be a murderer. Yeah, you know, yeah. He thought he, yeah. he drew the line at murder, but he could kill dogs, but he drew the line at murder, you know. That's why I don't think he does. He knows he wouldn't be able to stop if he started hitting that guy. He would kill him, and he'd end up in prison. I absolutely love that little moment where um, he's uh, she's helping him with his blue tie and that suit that he has bought from oh, her. Oh, God. And Peter, the other Peter, what's wrong with me? 
the uh, the husband. Patty Considine, that's him. No, the the actor who plays the abusive husband of of uh, Olivia Coleman. Oh, what's his name? Ah, darn it! It <laughs> always goes away. I can't hang on to it, and I've and he was in War Horses and everything, and I could I couldn't find it. You know, um, he's been in uh, some Jerry Bruckheimer films. And I can't. Oh my goodness! Boy, he's an ugly man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, as a working class, he's been a lot of um, a lot of um, of uh, um, uh, films by uh, um, uh, the, the 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 poetic uh, prolific uh, Mike Lee. Mike Lee. He's been a big Mike Lee guy. So, you know. is it is uh, Tyrannosaur an original screenplay? Uh, it comes from a uh, short a film that. Uh, that Cut Patty Gottstein made called uh, Dog Altogether or Dog Something. Dog, um, the word dog in it. And uh, she also was in that, I believe. Eddie Marsan. Eddie Marsan. Right, 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 right. Okay. So um, Eddie Marsan uh, comes into the store, and she, as soon as she sees him come in, she immediately, like, Darts away from 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 Peter and helping him put on his tie and and you can see she's oh, terrified wow. as to what's going to happen, and uh, she asks uh, Peter Mullen uh, in conversation in front of Eddie Marsan, so you're, this is for you're 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 looking for the, uh, getting the suit for a a, a funeral, uh, right? And is is that uh, is that uh, soon? And and Peter Mullen goes, yeah, it's, uh, it's I think I think it's the day after tomorrow. I think. Mm. And, and Eddie Marsan goes, not sure. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to go the wrong day. <laughs> oh, and then poor what's her name? Oh. And and that look that Peter Mullen gives him. <laughs> I thought that was so great. I thought, oh please God, I want these two guys to do. Well, that's it. And then when he when she says when he sees her face and he says, where is he now? You want him to go. I mean, that, that's why I think Patty Considine is playing with us because. <laughs> You never see what you want to see, which is you want to see that guy beat the husband to a bloody pulp, yeah. and you want to see him beat the other guy. And, yeah. and that tells you about your own human nature, you know, mm-hmm. about vengeance and about bloodshed and about murder. Right. You know, it's okay if it's this, but not okay if it's that. Well, isn't it never okay, or is it okay, you know? That's what I think he was trying to do. So, I, you know, hats off to him for taking on such a challenge, but I think it makes it a harder sell. If that movie had him killing those guys, it would be a hit. Huge moneymaker. If he had taken his revenge in a satisfying way, you know? You're actually right. If yeah. there had been that uh, thing. But then Peter Mullen would be the guy who would be in trouble and the whole... So it's... Um, but you're right. I mean, the, the, if someone who with a, with a more... Um, with an idea of trying to make this a movie that will actually be one... The people will want to actually see, <laughs> as opposed to what Tyrannosaur cur- currently is, which is a film that it's almost like people are, are they really, really don't want to see it. I know. How, do, how can they possibly even know? You know, like how do they know going in that it's this terrible movie? I mean, you know, terribly hard, hard to sit through movie. You know, how do they know that to stay away from it in the first place? You know, the reviews certainly don't really reflect that. But, they don't um, reflect that people are averse to seeing it. What do you What do you mean? Yeah, they don't. They don't reflect that it's like the hardest movie you're going to have to sit through, and that it's so painful to watch. And you know, oh, yeah, right. they don't. They say how great it is. The acting. I mean, I also think it's no stars. You know, no hot female taking off her clothes, and you know, mm-hmm. those yeah. those kind of things are in place for a reason because people are predictable. You know, 
Yeah, it's true. So in awards, the you know, Devin Faraci can criticize the awards scene all he wants, but the only thing that is ever going to earn Tyrannosaur a dime is the awards race. So Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, it, you can say it's a bad thing and it's disgusting, and he says it's ruining movies. Well, it's not ruining movies. If anything, the fanboys are ruining movies, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry, fanboys. I love the fanboys, but, you know, you can't just say it's bit one's better and one isn't, you know. So, uh, so okay, so we've done our half hour then, I think. We've covered We did. Our, we did. Yeah, uh, uh, the spirits, to at least to the extent that we're, we're, um, uh, we're, a little bit surprised by the, uh, well, oh, yeah, one more thing we did not speak about regarding the spirits. We did not speak about Glenn Close being blanked on, on, on a nomination, but Jan McTeer, who everybody thinks is probably the, the more genetic oh, and, 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 you know, probably, the, you know, the better performance, frankly, you know, because I, I thought that right away, that she's the one that I got excited about, not so much Glenn Close. Oh, that's so depressing. She didn't get a nomination. I didn't absorb that information. But it's a referendum. Uh, her, her nomination has always been, she's Glenn Close. She's been with us for 30 years. She was Jenny back in, uh, you know, uh, the world according to Garb. Remember, she's been you know, all these years, and it's time to kind of stand up and give her something uh, you know, an award to to say, you know, we've loved you a lot and you did another good job. Maybe not the best job, maybe not in a great uh, part because it's too congealed, too silent, too waxen almost. Her. Uh, oh, God. Oh, God. I can't. I, well, because I thought if anywhere she was going to get a nomination, it was the In Spirit Awards. For God's sake, they, they nominated Lauren Ambrose, you know? Yeah. I mean, what's wrong with these people? Out of respect, they should have given her a nomination. Well, they're. Everybody understands, as I was saying, I think that that's what's going on here. And they, I, they, for whatever reason, decided to address the performance itself rather than the thought, uh, the, 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 you know, the emotional current behind nominating her and giving her an award in the first place. And it's fair because I don't think it's that wonderful performance. It's, it's, maybe it works better on stage, but she's, it just doesn't give enough. There's just not it's too little that is indicated or revealed by her in, in this film, except that she's, she's a strangely, her character in Albert Knobs is a very strange uh, person who doesn't seem to understand anything about what people want to live together for. She thinks it's all about money and security, and uh, she's, you know, doesn't it really come to terms with herself, seemingly, about who she is perhaps in terms of sexuality, or maybe she isn't sexual. I don't know, but it's not very clear to me. Whereas Jen McTeer has a girlfriend and is living, uh, you know, a kind of a, a, a much more uh, admirable life in a way because she's out there doing it and, um, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, dis I guess I disagree with that, with their choices there. <clears throat> but um, it's annoying to me, you know. I'm seeing a lot of young and hot women nominated there, not a lot of older women. That's disappointing. So now that you've pointed it out to me, I'm going to have to write a scathing article, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the close program. She really deserves to be one of the people. It's, this is a, a, a good thing uh, for her to be uh, celebrated and tributed this year. And, and uh, that was, But they were just, again, all, I think they were just responding or addressing the particular performance rather than the attached sentiment that's going with the thing. And that's not necessarily wrong, is it? Um, I think it is, yeah. 
okay. I think that they're, yeah, I think they made bone, a bonehead decision there. Totally. Okay. But it shows me the kind of thinking that, and the kind of voters that there are. They're probably like in their 20s, you know? What do yeah. they know? So that's annoying. I thought for sure she would have gotten nominated. But... Yeah. Well. well, you know what the current has been about her all the way along. This is not like some surprise. It, it has been more or less uh, what people have been thinking and feeling and saying all along. So, and know. by the way, Tilda Swinton was not eligible for that award, incidentally. It's not that she got shut out. I heard from the publicist who told me that, they, that it was an international film, so it wasn't eligible. Any and all films from international sources do not figure in the spirits. It's strictly a domestic oh, thing. And what about Ellen Barkin? She didn't get nominated either. And she is an older woman, and she did give a good performance, you know, a hell of a lot better than, than four out of five of those people they have on that list, I'll say. But um, that's lame. They're lame. They're prejudiced against old people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we better get off because we just put up a podcast. So now we've got another 50-minute yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is good, though. I think we had to get into the whole thing about Yeah. That. Yeah, because it's a game changer. So, And then next up, the Thursday, the National Board of Review. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, on Thursday, you say? Uh-huh. Thursday. Well, that's right. December 1st. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Have a nice day. You too. Talk to you later. Yeah. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to episode 58 of Oscar Poker with Jeffrey Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com, Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com. Um, listening to episode 58 of Oscar Poker with Jeffrey Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com and Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Oscar Podcast. We also have our own Twitter feeds at Wells H. Wood and at Awards Daily. And the bumper music is Honey Honey by Le Butcherettes and Jesus by Paige France. Thanks for listening.
Thank you.